0: priest and a rabbit and a minister uh, walk into a nutrition bar. This is the, ch- the church version. They walk into a nutrition bar and the priest and the minister order and the person behind the nutrition bar looks at the rabbit and says, and the rabbit looks back at the guy behind the nutrition bar and just says, Hey man, don't look at me. I'm just here because of autocorrect. You got it. I am, I, I was fully prepared to say, you'll get it at lunch. You'll, it'll dawn on you at lunch, but that has nothing to do with the message today. I just heard the joke and I thought, man, you know, let's just, let's just laugh a little bit, uh, to to begin with today. But, but it, it doesn't really have a lot to do, but it, but it kind of does. Um, every couple of years I try to take um, a Sunday, it's usually Labor Day and I try to teach about the, the, the biblical idea of rest. Uh, this, is, this is a biblical idea, uh, to think about rest in our lives. Um, and I don't know about you, but uh, laughing right now uh, is, is good for my soul. It's good rest for my heart. Uh, and, and I need to be reminded right now so much of how much my soul needs rest. Not just physical rest, not, not the rest that's just like, hey, I need to take a nap. Uh, and, and, and I do need to take a nap. Let, let me let me be very transparent with you. Uh, I need to take a nap. Uh, we are in. If you, in case you don't um, know, you will be fully reminded of this by the end of the year when the Georgia Bulldogs prayerfully win the national championship for the first time in forty years. SEC football is back, man. It's so much fun. I love it. Right on. Right on. Um, uh, Tennessee fans, just you'll, you'll be okay. You'll, you'll make it. But, um, but, but my wife and myself, we're huge Georgia fans and big game last night. And my daughter also ran in her first cross country meet as a high school kid. And we're so excited and we got home late from that. And of course we recorded the game, which meant we stayed up till way late, uh, especially way later than I usually stay up on a Sunday night uh, to watch the game. And uh, I made the bad mistake of actually falling asleep during the game a little bit, which meant I did not go to bed till really late last night. So I need physical rest this morning, uh, but but the kind of rest that I'm talking about sort of transcends uh, taking a nap or the vacation that's needed so many times in the rhythms of our life. I'm talking about deep, lasting, no matter the circumstance that our life faces, rest that we find and rest that we only find because of the grace of King Jesus. The good news is this, is that the the Bible is not absent in speaking to this type of rest. The Bible gives hope for our weary souls. Uh, The Bible gives a solution for our lives to find deep abiding rest. And here's what I want to say is that if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you're a skeptic, if you're curious, if you're if you're wondering what is what is what is all this faith stuff about? Here's what I want to say to you: is today there there is even hope today for you? This message equally applies to you as as much as it does to the person who has been following Jesus uh, and on this journey for a very long time. Uh, our text today is a familiar one; you probably know this. You may be able to quote this as we read it this morning. But uh, we stand for the reading. Of God's word here at Grace Hill. So if you've got a copy of your scripture, I want to invite you to go to Matthew uh, chapter 11 is where we're gonna be. And if you need a Bible, we've got Bibles in the back of the room. You can get up and go grab a Bible if you want to. Uh, I'm on page uh, 865 in the uh, Bibles that are back there in the back of the room, you can grab that. But I want to invite you to stand as we read this passage of scripture. These are the words of Jesus, the healing, soothing, invitational words of Jesus. Let's read this. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Thanks be to God. You can be seated. So I want to walk us through this passage of scripture this morning, and it it really centers around three things, three ideas that are presented, and we're really only going to look at verse 28, a very short verse, but I I pray this morning that you'll leave this place today and you'll have a sense of of, of a solution for your life, for deep abiding rest that you can find, that, that the invitation of Jesus is available to you. The first thing, if you're taking notes this morning, it's going to be up on the screen is this is that there is an invitation to be with him. There's an invitation to be with Jesus. Listen to the words of Jesus. He says this, come to me. It's an invitation for your life to be with King Jesus. And, and Jesus' audience that he's speaking to here in this scenario, in this, in this environment, it's not unlike, it's not foreign to us in many ways. Uh, at this time in first century uh, uh, Israel and Jerusalem and in this, in this community, in this nation, in this region, uh, they were very divided politically. They were very divided around the solutions to that division and how to move forward as a society. They were very divided around issues of justice and injustice. They were very divided around issues of race and ethnicity. And and the audience that Jesus is speaking to here, they are largely uh, very much a, um, the best way to describe it is they're largely very much an oppressed group. They were under Roman rule. They were, were, some commentators will describe the, the feeling in Israel at this time as though the the, the Roman rule, it was like a boot in the neck of the Jewish community. They were very oppressed. They They were very burdened by the presence of the Romans and the Roman government. And into that environment, Jesus gives an invitation to come. But not an invitation to just more doing, but to more being and specifically to being with him. He says this, come to me. Jesus' first invitation is to be with him. And and this is at a time too where the religious leaders were simply saying, do more, keep the law. Do and do and do and, 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 and keep the law more and more and more. And here Jesus isn't pointing to another. He isn't pointing to more doing. He isn't pointing to more seeking. He isn't pointing to if you'll just do these things. No, the invitation of Jesus begins to come to him. And I wonder if we would just stop in the, in the busyness of our lives in the moment where we feel like so many times we're kind of gasping for, for energy and for breath and and in the busyness and the pace of our world, if, and so many of us feel the pressures to find rest, if we would just pause for a minute and ponder the implications of Jesus's invitation to come to him, to come to him and find rest. Charles Spurgeon, I quote Spurgeon quite often, late 1800s, famous, famous preacher in England. He says this, come, he drives none away. He calls them to himself. His, His favorite word is come, not to Moses. He says, come unto me. So Spurgeon goes on and he says this, to Jesus himself, we must come. By a personal trust, not to doctrine, ordinance, nor mystery, are we to come first, but to a personal Savior. Jesus says, come to me. And this is so vastly different than the message that we receive all around us every single day of our lives. Why? Because every single day in our lives, do we get this message in some way, shape, or form. Do more, buy more, get more, and look at what all of the mooring gets us in our life. I said this early on uh, in the in the pandemic when when the world changed I, I I said that so many of us were, and and myself included, we've spent the last 18 months trying to just get back to, you know, we talked about these are unprecedented times. We've just been trying to get back to precedented times that maybe we missed what God wants to form in our lives through these very uncertain and very unprecedented times. And I think it's wise for us to ponder the considerable, the considerable difference between the invitation of Jesus and the invitation that we often feel around us. People all the time will invite us to come to them and find the solution for life's problems. And those invitations are largely based on a formula that goes like this. Here's a problem that you have. I have the solution to that problem. Put your trust in me and all will be better. Financially, that's the promise that marketing makes us on the things that we wanna buy. You have a problem, this product has the solution. You put your faith, you put your money into this solution and your problem will go away. Physically, if you do these things, You take these supplements, you work out enough times, you, you have the right amount of this to this and you'll outlive and outlast. We certainly see this invitation uh, politically, that if you'll just put your faith in this person or this policy, that, that all of life's problems will seem to just simply be better. And don't get me wrong. All of these have their place. God has blessed us with the ability to make, to, 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 to make money and to work and, 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 and to use that to, to buy things that, that, that are, you know, our hearts, like we, we want these things and we buy them and, and it makes our lives easier. It makes us, I mean, things have, we have more fun when we do that sometimes. We should care for our bodies and honor the temples uh, that that God has blessed us with and, and seek to honor the bodies and the temples of those that are around us. Why? Because we're all made in God's image. And we in this country have the opportunity to be responsible citizens and be active and engaged in the political affairs of our local state and federal government. All of these things are important. But the problem is this, and, and you feel this. This is why your your soul is longing for rest. It's because you have experienced, I have experienced the effects of these overvaluing promises. These promises that that overpromise, and time and time again, they underdeliver. You guys have heard me talk about the fact that, that, that good things. When they become ultimate things, they become idols. And in each one of these scenarios and a hundred others, they, they can be good things that we have in our life and yet we make them ultimate things. We, we put them in a place that God never designed for them to be and they become ultimate things or idols in our life. Think about it financially. If we, if we, if we put that and we say, if, if I can just get to this place, I'll be satisfied. And yet the reality is this, is there's always a new toy. There's always a newer car. There's always a bigger house. There's always a newer model and an upgrade physically there, there's no guarantee in our lives. Even though we work to be good stewards of our bodies and the bodies of those around us, there's no guarantee that we will be here tomorrow. And many of us have tasted the the pains of death of friends and family and loved ones. And I want to speak to this politically. We see this in society right now where so many people overvalue this and it can leave us more broken, more in fear, more divided and more desperate. And so when we think about all of that and we think about the words of Jesus who saith, come to me and you'll find rest. It is a different implication for our lives. It is not the invitation to a temporary thing, a temporary person, or temporary place. But it is an invitation from the very one who made you, who knows you, who knows your thoughts, who loves you so much. He came to this earth to make a way to bring you back into a loving relationship with the Father. This is the one who has stood before you and says, we read from Scripture the words of Jesus, come to me so this invitation is an invitation to Jesus but it is also the qualifications of this the parameters of this are so inviting and they're transformative it is this is that it is an invitation to all he says in the same passage of scripture come to me all of you who are weary and burdened. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. Now, if, if you feel or have felt in recent days and recent weeks that you're weary and burdened, I would like for you to stay seated. See what I did there? But, but, but that is the reality. Many of us will will put on a face, will put on a smile, will will post positive things on our social media. But deep down inside, there is an ache and a longing for rest. For rest that, that can only be found ultimately. And I pray one day we'll all come to this place where rest can ultimately be found in King Jesus. Jesus says, all of you, who are weary and burdened. In the original languages here, the weary the weary or labor, depending upon your translation, implies the burdens that we take on ourselves. And the heavy laden or burdened, depending upon your translation, implies the burdens that others put on us. And many of us, we 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 I I can live in this constant shuffle. I'm putting burdens on myself and I'm allowing others to put burdens on me, or I'm taking burdens that others don't intend to put on me and I'm taking those and I'm putting them on myself and I can become weary and I can become burdened. I can become, I can feel like, like I'm laboring and I'm heavy laden. Imagine looking into, in this moment, I, I, want, I want you to just, just, just to picture it for a minute. The audience of Jesus, sitting in this very sort of agrarian sort of environment, this 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 very sort of you know, uh, if, it, 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 if you don't if you don't kill it, if you don't fish for it, if you don't uh, uh, hunt for it, if, if you don't grow it, you, you may not be able to eat. There's, there's concern about, uh, uh, not only worry about life just in general out there, but they're worrying about disease and food supply. They're living in fear of so many daily basic concerns that would honestly be hard for us to imagine today. And Jesus looks into the eyes of this group of people and says, come to me, all of you who are weary in the, in the original language, this idea of weary, it's, it's translated as toil or labor, working hard, and it shows up, it's about 20 times, depending upon your translation, it's about 20 times in the New Testament, and I want to I look at a couple of passages of Scripture because I think this, this helps us get to the heart of Jesus with this. Now uh, The first one is Luke 5, uh, verses 4 and 5. And this is early in the ministry of Jesus. He's calling disciples to him. He's meeting them where they are in their environment. And verse 4 of Luke 5 says this. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Verse 5, Master, Simon replied, we've worked hard all night long. The worked hard all night long is the same idea of, of weary or labored toil. We've worked hard all night long and caught nothing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets. Paul uses the same word throughout much of his writings, the apostle Paul does. And, and he uses it to often describe uh, fellow workers that he has partnered with in moving the ministry and the mission of Jesus forward in the message of the gospel. And I love this in John 4, it's the the story of the the woman at the well. Jesus is coming, he's he's moving into another region, and the the scriptures say that that Jesus had to go through Samaria, which if you know about the kind of geography, he didn't actually have to go through, but, but, but he went through because He knew that he was gonna meet the woman at the well and was gonna change this community because of her testimony. And and look at what John records. Verse six of chapter four of John, Jacob's well was there and Jesus, listen to this, worn out from his journey, sat down at the well. It It was about noon see, here's what I want you to hear this morning is Jesus isn't inviting us into a life that escapes reality. He's not inviting us into a rest that escapes the world around us. It's a reality that, man, life is hard. Life brings pain. Life brings sorrow. We're starting a sermon series next week looking at the book of James. We're going to call it a not normal life. And at the very beginning, the half-brother of Jesus, most scholars believe, is the half-brother of Jesus, James. He says this, consider it joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Jesus told his followers, he says, in this world you will have trouble." See, Jesus is not inviting us into a life that is escapism. He's not inviting us into a life that ignores the realities of life. He's meeting us with this invitation right in the middle of the weary, of the toil, of the labor, of the burden. And he says, I will give you rest. It's to the ones who, like the woman at the well, had tried all that life could offer and just came up empty handed, came up sick, came up broken, came up not knowing who to trust or what to believe. The invitation from Jesus is to that person, every single one of us. Come to me. All of you who are weary and heavy laden, and then lastly, it, it's not just an invitation to Jesus. And it's not just an invitation for all of us, but it is an invitation with a promise. He promises here, he says this, I will give you rest. See, the source of this transformative rest, This source of this lasting rest in our lives is King Jesus, and He promises He will give it to you. Rest from your trying, rest from your failings, rest from your successes, rest from your worries, rest from your anxieties, rest from your yesterdays, todays, and tomorrows. Jesus says, I will give you rest. And I want you to notice here in the text how personal that is. I mean, I guess Jesus could have said, you know, I'll give y'all rest. I, I don't know that y'all was a, a common, you know, idiom that they would have used 2,000 years ago, but, but he could have said that or something similar to it. And yet, what does he say? It's as if Jesus today is speaking these words into your weary, heavy-laden, heavy-burdened soul and says, I will give you rest. This invitation from Jesus is a, it's a promise that, that will not fail. But I also want to make this distinction really, really quickly. It is, it is also not a superpower. Coming to Jesus today to find rest will not mean that you will not have to renew that posture to Jesus tomorrow. Yes, it is an invitation for all time, but there will be seasons, and I'll be honest, sometimes it's daily for me. Where I have to come to him and say, Jesus, today you're going to have to give me rest for my weary soul. I need to take your yoke. I need to take your ways upon me today." You see, this invitation isn't a superpower, but it is an invitation with the promise that if we come to Jesus, we will find rest. N.T. Wright, love, love his writings, love his teaching, love his scholarly work. He says this, how could following Jesus really be that easy? didn't he say himself that people had to be prepared to leave behind family possessions even their own life yes he did but the ease and the joy the rest and the refreshment which he offered all spring from his own inner character his gentleness and warmth to all who turn to him weighed down by the burdens of moral physical emotional financial or whatever He is offering what he has in himself to offer. Another commentator said it this way. Even here and now, discipleship to Jesus or following Jesus or or being apprenticed by Jesus, even here and now, discipleship to Jesus for all its stern demands is at rest as compared with all other human religions. So just for a moment, I want to get really practical before we end the message today. How do we come to Jesus and find rest? I mean, I mean this sounds nice, and, and you may be sitting there today, I need rest. For all the reasons you mentioned and more, I need this in my life. Okay, what, what, how, how, how do I find rest? The first thing I want to say to you is that you have to take the step as, a, as someone, maybe who's not following Jesus, to say, Jesus, I want to trust in you. I actually want to follow you. I want to be apprenticed in the ways of Jesus. I want to posture myself in a way that means I'm going to surrender my life to the ways of King Jesus. You have to say, I, I'm, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to follow in his ways. I want to align my life with the way of King Jesus. But for those of us that are, that are following Jesus, And these are probably more reminders for us because I tend to mention them so often. But there's three practices I want to give us today of where we can, where Jesus will meet us and we can find rest in him. There's just, I just want to give you three. The first one is this, is being with Jesus in the scriptures, being with Jesus in the scriptures. The reason why we teach from the Bible every week, and I don't just stand up here and just give a few nice thoughts and then send you to go home, is because we believe that, that the words that are contained in this book are the very words that God wants us as followers of Jesus in 2021 that transcend all time and culture and context. And we align ourselves with the ways of Jesus by reading scripture and and being with Jesus through the reading of the word and being with Jesus in scriptures. I want to encourage you just as we look at starting a new sermon series this next week, read through the book of James. It's just a few chapters. You could read it every single day. It'd probably take you 30 to 45 minutes. You could read one chapter a day. It might take you 10, 12 minutes. Just start reading through the gospels, read the gospel of Mark. The gospel of Mark 16 chapters will take you about one hour depending upon your reading speed to just read through the gospel of Mark. Begin, begin finding rest in Jesus by being with Jesus through the scriptures. Think about the invitation and the opportunity that you could be with Jesus, meet with Jesus every day by reading his word, by reading his scriptures. The second one is this, is that being with Jesus in structured prayer, we've talked about this recently. And the reason why I mentioned structured prayer rather than just saying prayer in general, even though I think that's very, very important, this is a practice that just personally I've begun to incorporate in my life. And it's been so transformational to me because because if you're anything like me, so many times my my prayers are scattered and they're disorganized. And my prayers sometimes can tend to be more about me just praying the right thing than, than it is just being with and meeting with. So I've begun to pray various different structured prayers in my life. The one we've mentioned here is I've, I've talked about this resource. You can go to gracehill901.com slash prayer. And it's just a, it's a way to reflect and pray through the Ten Commandments. And it just begins to reveal things and expose things in my heart and my life. It begins to give me confidence in who Jesus is. It begins to, 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 to force things to kind of come up from below the surface to the surface. And, and then sometimes through God's word, sometimes through other prayer, it just begins, God begins to meet me there. Jesus begins to, to meet me there and begins to deal with things in my heart and in my life. And then the last one is this, is that we can be with Jesus, can find rest in Jesus by being with Jesus in community, and this is this has been hard. It being in community with other people pre-COVID was hard enough, and it's been incredibly challenging the last eighteen months. And that's why when we come, one when we gather, it is so important. If you're able to be here, be here. If you're not, tune in on the live stream. Thank you for everybody that does so faithfully every single Sunday. Because this is the family of God, the, the people of God. When we join together and we sing, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And, and, it, and it, I, I get the best view in the house being in the back of the room. Because occasionally I'll just stop singing and I'll look around. And I might encourage you to do the same. Wait till the lights come down a little bit so it's not quite as awkward. But just stop singing and look around. And you know the faces and you know the stories. And you begin to see the family of God and you begin to know their stories and to know, man, they're walking through a a painful diagnosis. They're walking through the loss of a job. They're walking through uncertainty in their future. They're walking through chaos in their marriage, whatever it may be. And they're pouring their heart out to God. And we get to be with one another in community in those ways. We find other ways to be with one another, and and one of the most powerful ways that we get to be with Jesus and find rest with Jesus is when the family of God comes together and we take the Lord's Supper. It is a pause on the very busy, burdened life that we have lived this week to remember Jesus and, and to share as a family in the very humble elements that he instructed us to remember him by. But it is also a pause for our lives before we go back into the very busy, burdened life we live. It is a pause where we come together and we remember the sacrifice of Jesus. We, we find, we meet, we rest with Jesus there before we go back into the world, before we go back and live our busy, burdened lives. And if you're tired, and if you feel tempted by life, and if you feel broken, or broken-hearted, Jesus invites you just like this text says. He invites all to the table, weary and worn out, tired and tempted, busy, broken, and broken-hearted to come and to find rest. Not, not to take a meal that, that you have to pick up the tab for at the end of the meal. It's not even a meal that you have to help prepare. And thanks be to God, it's not a meal that you have to worry about the calorie or the carb count. It is an opportunity for the family of God to come and to find rest in King Jesus because of what his invitation means for our life. It is an opportunity for us to come and to find life, a life that was given to you and for you, a life that was offered to you and a life that was offered for you. To find, yes, eternal rest, but also daily rest in. So today I wanna invite you to stand as we close our service. and I want you to take the elements and I wanna read our text again for the day, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 and 30, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So today, we want to take these lowly, humble elements that Jesus instructed us to remember him by, and we take the bread, and we remember his sacrifice on the cross, the body that was broken for us as we take and we eat. And we take the cup that symbolizes his broken body that had blood pouring from it. There was so much symbolism. I wish we could get into it all today, but there's so much symbolism around that, but it just simply reminds us of the price that was paid so that we could find rest in King Jesus. And so we take the cup and we remember him. I want to leave you this morning with a pastoral blessing from an Old Testament passage in number six. It says this, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. So my prayer for you today is that you would find rest for your weary souls in King Jesus. And in nothing and no other name than him and him alone. Grace and peace to you this week. You're dismissed. Hey, thanks for listening to the Grace Hill Podcast. We really hope you found this message compelling and inviting. If you'd like to connect with someone to find out more about Grace Hill Church, or maybe discuss this episode or something else about life or faith, please don't hesitate to reach out to us directly at gracehill901.com. We'd really love to connect and discuss anything with you. And please remember, you matter.